Welcome to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. This show was created with the intention of helping others to help and love themselves. Aside from weekly skin tips, you will hear me feature amazing souls from around the world who are making a difference by helping others in their own way. You may also hear me follow up with a guest I've hypnotized on an online edition of Love from the Hip, which is available on YouTube. Together we can make a difference, and it starts with love. Love from the Hip. Prolific American author and mythologist Joseph Campbell stated that in nearly all myths and other story types, the hero's adventures are almost identical in format. These different stages of adventure have come to be known as the hero's journey. In 1949, in A Hero with a Thousand Faces, Campbell outlines the 17 stages of the hero's journey or the monomyth, which was later shortened to 12 stages for mapping a hero's journey in film. In fact, many films in pop culture, which you probably have seen, have applied Campbell's monomyth, like that of Star Wars, Wizard of Oz, Harry Potter, and even Disney movies like Lilo and Stitch. While there are 12 stages, I will only highlight the most paramount. The first stage is the ordinary world, which Campbell describes as the beginning when the hero is living an ordinary life, not their, not their own, yet deep down they know there is a purposeful life existing out there for them. Their intuition then guides them to find their purpose, which is stage two, the call to adventure. Many, however, can't get past stage two because of fear, unwillingness to change, and the desire to be at status quo. If one can follow their call to adventure, then once they get to stage five, crossing the first threshold, there is no turning back. Crossing the first threshold can be seen as a metaphor of going into the unconscious or the unknown world. This is where the adventure of self-recovery truly begins. Skipping ahead to step 10, the road back, marks a decision to return to the ordinary world. If the hero has not resolved the issue with the conquered villain or dealt with their own neuroses, bad habits, or old addictions, then the dark past come back to haunt them. Step 11, the resurrection. Death and darkness are confronted one more time for good. The hero uses all lessons learned on the journey and is transformed or reborn. This is a critical point where the hero realizes they had the power in them all along. Much like in The Wizard of Oz, when Glenda tells Dorothy she always had the power to go back to Kansas. The final step is 12, return with the elixir. This is when the hero brings knowledge of the elixir back to the ordinary world where he can implement change to help heal others and himself. The elixir is a metaphor for aspects like growth, wisdom, love, freedom, and knowledge. And unless something is brought back, the hero is doomed to repeat the adventure until the lesson is learned, a painful pattern. In fact, the hero's journey is not a one-time linear journey. It is a cyclic journey in a personal transformation where you constantly face challenges and resistance, which helps you to continually grow and gain wisdom. The hero's journey is the formula for a great story that is accessible to everyone. It is an all-embracing metaphor for the deeper inner journey of transformation and it can be just as much an inner voyage into the unconscious mind as it is an external physical adventure. Facing yourself is the most terrifying thing you will ever do in life, but it is the only way to truly transform in a meaningful and positive way to make a big impact on others and yourself. And it all begins with accepting that call to adventure, facing your fears, walking your path to self-discovery, and living your truth. Campbell argues that you can never be at peace with yourself if you do not answer the call to adventure. And you can only be truly at peace if you are living your life knowing that you have been faithful to yourself. Campbell says that we must let go of the life we have planned so as to accept the one that is waiting for us. Follow your bliss and the universe will open doors where there were only walls. Today I have the pleasure of having physician assistant, transformational coach, and founder of Biome Veda, Joel Olmsted on my show. He will not only share his powerful journey with you, but later we will open up the phone line so he can assist you with wellness and nutrition. So stick around after this quick break. Microneedling is a revolutionary treatment that can help reduce the appearance of acne scars, fine lines, pigmentation, wrinkles, even improve the appearance of stretch marks by stimulating collagen and elastin. Sakura Skin and Mind specializes in this procedure that jumpstarts your body's natural healing process. Sakura Skin and Mind believes in not only keeping the skin up to date with the latest trends in the skincare industry, but also keeping the skin beautiful, fast, 
pretty, painless, and affordable. Find out more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Left in the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Left in the Hip, and that's HYP. Today, I have the pleasure of having physician assistant, transformational coach, and founder of Biome Veda, Joel Olmsted, on my show. Hey, Joel, thanks for being here today. Hey, of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and where are you calling in from? Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh, nice. So it's plenty warm there, I imagine. Yeah, it's uh, 73 right now. Yeah, rub it in. (laughs) So how do you think the hero's journey can be applied to your life? Yeah, I mean, I think in the context of the subject that we're covering today, um, there's definitely several correlations between my journey and the hero's journey. I think that Um, you know, it's been a little more densely populated as far as like caves and so forth. But in general, as an overarching theme, I think there are a lot of parallels with, uh, with my process that we'll be discussing and, um, kind of the, the hero's journey as well. So, yeah. So what do you think was your call to adventure? No, I grew up in, so my father was a pastor, a little backstory, and I grew up very, uh, inquisitive and, um, curious. And so I had a lot of questions about things that I was limited. Um, and there was limitations on the music I could listen to. And, and, uh, we didn't have a television growing up because we had to be kind of the model family for, for the rest of the church. And so there were a lot of limitations on my life growing up. And so I was very curious about a lot of things. My father had a, a rocky past. He got in trouble with, with the law and some other things before he became a, a pastor. And so he wanted to make sure that we were sheltered and, um, you know, we kind of butted heads really from around the age of like 13 until my upper teens, just when I kind of started to have my own ideas and what I wanted to do with life and and the things I wanted to explore and experience. And so, um, my, shortly after my 18th birthday in 1999, I was still a senior in high school. My father sat me down and said, all right, you know, you're a, you're an adult now, technically. And. Thus far, you haven't been really following the rules that I've implemented for the house. We've had X, Y, Z happening. And now that you're an adult, you can choose to either live with us and um, abide by our rules and come to church and kind of straighten your act up, or you can figure it out on your own. Mm -hmm. And so I think, uh, you know, a lot of people that might have been a wake up call and perhaps an invitation to sort of evaluate the trajectory. And for me, it was like, well, I'm out of here. You know, this, I don't, I, this is, it was like an invitation to adventure for sure. For me, where it was like, I can do my own thing or I can, you know, try to comply, which hasn't been working for the last several years. And so I think that really was the, uh, the definitive call to action for me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so then where did you go from there? Um, for a short period of time, I lived with a girlfriend of mine and then I was kicked out of that place as well for drinking and kind of carrying on too late. Mm -hmm. And, um, I actually had my own apartment the second half of my senior year in high school and uh, was working after school. I hadn't, I didn't have an incredibly full load my senior year. Um, and so I was working at, right after school. And then we lived, I grew up in a town called Sierra Vista and we lived about 30 minutes from Mexico. And so I think you can imagine like a, a senior in high school with his own apartment <laughs> Uh, pretty rebellious, drinking and so forth, and then being that close to Mexico. So that was really the beginning of um, what would be quite an experience and a journey for me. Yeah. And so Campbell talks about crossing the threshold, your point of no return. Was that pretty much that for you? I would say that was, yes, I would say that was that. I mean, I think that was my call to adventure. You know, there's definitely another another circumstance I, I can think would be crossing the threshold. And, you know, shortly after I got my own place and was doing my own thing, I'd gotten into, um, I started using methamphetamines and uh, smoking you know, marijuana. I was drinking still pretty heavily. And then um, to get away from that and try to straighten things up, I moved to another small town, unfortunately, and uh, got my own place and uh, started going back to church with a, a family member, my grandmother. And that was very short-lived. It didn't 
kind of work out. And that what that resulted in was this kind of spiraling series of events where I found myself on my own again. I had fallen into association with people who were similarly oriented and were not interested in um, sobriety. Mm-hmm. And basically what happened was in one month's time, I lost my job. I had worked at a discount tire company for years. It was good pay, uh, stable income. I transferred to a, a job up there and then uh, lost my roommate. I got arrested and went to jail for the first time, came home to my electricity being turned off. And so all of that stuff happened in one month. And um, that was in the year 2000, I believe, 2001, maybe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and at that point, it was really kind of like a, what am I going to do? Am I going to go back to live with my grandmother and my parents and go back to church? And like, you know, I gave this thing a go and I'm going to, you know, cash it in and, and go back to what I know is safe and, and easier? Or am I just going to keep pushing? Right. And I chose the latter. And I feel like that was really, truly crossing the threshold of like, okay, here we go. And and that was kind of the jump off point for me where mm-hmm. things really started to get kind of wild and spiraling uh, a little further out of control. So I would, I would say that was probably the, the threshold, so okay. to speak. And so from there, you spiraled down into more addictions? Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, essentially I kept that place for a little while, but with the electricity turned off, uh, I was told I had to have electricity running or it wasn't, I couldn't, it wasn't habitable essentially. The police had come a couple times, had been arrested a couple times. I had a, an electrical cord running from my neighbor's house to my house so I could like power stuff that I needed in the house. And I was taking cold showers and this is in Prescott, Arizona where it gets very cold. And so it was just kind of miserable. And, um, at that point, I ended up sort of uh, bouncing around from place to place. I was living with friends that had room on their couches and that kind of stuff. And these were people that I met in a restaurant industry. And so I went from the tire company and um, kind of through a crazy series of events, met randomly a couple people at a park, ended up getting along with them and got a job at this uh, restaurant, at an Outback restaurant, actually. And, and so started living with people from the restaurant industry. And that's where things got a little darker um, a lot of people who work in restaurants, specifically cooks and that kind of thing are, are um, using different illicit substances. And I don't want to, um, you know, lump everybody in one category, but with my experience, that was, that was the case. So, sure. yeah. So is that when you first started getting hooked on heroin? Yep. Okay. Yeah. That was, okay. that was so how did you finally start your road back to the ordinary world? That was, um, so I would say there were a couple uh, really dark areas in my life that sort of woke me up. I overdosed once and woke up in a hospital bed. Mm. Uh, I was uh, restrained and uh, just kind of a long story associated with that. But I had two friends that had overdosed and died uh, as well along the time, along the way. Um, I got an extreme DUI, went to jail again for like the fourth time. Uh, I had one of my quote unquote friends kick in my door, uh, the place where I was staying, steal my personal stuff drive to Phoenix, pawn it off and come back with heroin. Mm-hmm. And uh, just there was a series of events that really kind of shook me up. And and the last one was waking up in the hospital. And I had a, uh, I've always been surrounded by great people. And one of my friends was like, look, you need to get out of here. And so I moved down to Phoenix from Prescott and um, transferred to an outback down here to get away from all that. And I moved about a hundred miles for those of those of us that aren't familiar with the geography of the area. And I, I wasn't able to get a hold of the same, um, like the same severity of, of the drugs. And so that was kind of the first step. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was still some continued use, but it wasn't, I wasn't injecting any longer. The associations had changed, the people had changed. And so that was probably the first step back. Okay. Okay. And what was the climactic point for you to finally overcome it? Which is uh, a really hard thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was years and years that I had been using and I had slowly started to taper off. I was only smoking off a tinfoil at this point. It was probably like 2003. Um, and, uh, by 2004, my best friend that I hung out with on a daily basis, um, he had, he would, had planned to come to my house. It was the third of July and we were going to celebrate the 4th of July together. We both had the day off and we both worked at the restaurant and uh, he didn't end up staying at my house. We had a party and stuff, but he elected to go home. And that night he overdosed. Mm. Still are you there? Yeah. Uh, 
And um, that was tough. Yeah. It was really hard to deal with. So that was kind of the first wake up call for me. I, I dramatically, uh, dramatically cut back, but I was an addict and um, I was, you know, still battling the addiction. And, uh, and then really the final um, nail in the coffin for me was in 2006. I had a one-year-old daughter and I was living with her mom at the time. And uh, her mom found out that I was still using. And it was uh, just very end of the night after I would close the bar. I was a bartender at the time. Um, I would come home and smoke a little bit of heroin before bed so I could sleep. And um, she found out about that and she took my daughter from me. She left mm-hmm. and took my daughter. And so that was the final catalyst for me to, to, uh, to finally get this stuff done and over with. And so that was sort of a very short story of a tumultuous period of my life. No, absolutely. And thank you for sharing and being vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, I hate to interrupt, but we're going to have to take a quick break. But remember, this is a live show. And if you have a question for Joel about addiction, wellness, or nutrition, please feel free to call 1-88-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527 after this quick break. Experience. One word that can mean so much, especially when it comes to working with a realtor to buy or sell a home. The only thing better would be to have an experienced team guiding you through the process. Hi, I'm Beth Phillips-York. And I'm Ray York. Together, we own the York Team, part of Keller Williams Real Estate. We are here to help you with your next property transaction. I have over 14 years of experience selling local residential real estate, investment properties, and homes just like yours. I'm also known as the Ghost Broker. Over the years, I've managed several residual energies at the properties we've represented or sold to clients. So if you need that service, I can help you as well. For my part, I have worked many years in new construction, land development, and with builders. Combined, Beth and I make for a powerful team on your side. So put our wealth of experience to work for you. Selling a home? Get a free property evaluation and market analysis with the York Team Real Estate. Buying a home? Let the York Team Real Estate exclusively represent you and your interests. Log on to yorkteamrealestate.com. That's yorkteamrealestate.com. Your skin is your body's largest organ. Care for it properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers several clinical facial treatments to help stimulate collagen production, eliminate toxins, boost circulation, and deeply cleanse. See a new you in your mirror. Clinical facials range from $90 and up. Do your face a favor. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U. If you're planning on building a home or a major landscaping project, you'll want the team of Stone Resources on your side. Safely, effectively, and correctly working with our unique terrain requires local knowledge and environmental care. For 21 years, Stone Resources has been making sure their customers' biggest investment is on solid ground. Trust your next earth-moving project to Stone Resources. Call 425-754-6792. That's 425-754-6792. Stone Resources. We make the earth move. And remember, if you need dirt or have dirt to get rid of, you can call on us. 425-754-6792. Want to hear something different from talk radio? Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. Don't forget this show airs right here on KKNW every Wednesday at 2 to 3 p.m. Today I have the pleasure of having physician assistant, transformational coach, and founder of Biome Veda, Joel Olmsted, on my show. And remember, Joel is offering free coaching around wellness and nutrition. So if you have a question, feel free to call 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. So Joel, before the break, you were sharing your story of overcoming heroin. But at the time that you were still not sober, you were in school, correct? Yes, I had just started school. I actually had a friend from the restaurant and I, like I said, I've had so many helpers along the way, and that's definitely consistent with the hero's journey. But um, one of my friends was, was like, why aren't you in school? And I was like, I don't know, man. I just have never really thought about it or been pushed to do it. 
And so we woke up one morning um, at the time I was still smoking. And so we smoked a bowl and drove to a small community college and signed up for classes. And so I started taking classes right around the same time frame, like 2005, 2006, when all of this was going on. So Wow. So you were a dad and going to school and overcoming heroin all at the same time. Yes. That's yes. a lot. That's a lot. Um, so how long have you been sober now? Um, so it was 2007 uh, that definitively was when I quit smoking cigarettes and heroin and marijuana and, and all of it. And so, yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been a while now. Okay. And what was the, what was the innermost conflict that was driving this addiction? Do you think? You know, honestly, I think that it started as kind of an inquisition for myself. I really wanted to experience the world and see what everything had to offer. And I think what it, how it started kind of, uh, became something that manifested itself in trying to calm down my mind and trying to forget about how uh, cognitive I was about everything. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm Vata, which is one of the uh, body mind types from Ayurveda, um, ancient Indian medical modality. And that, that basically signifies, it's like the wind element. And so I'm very inundated with thoughts in my mind. And at the time I was, you know, I was initially trying to figure out my place in the world and if I was doing the right thing or the wrong thing and what my parents would think and trying to sort out heads from tails and who I wanted to be. And this was a way for me to kind of numb myself and um, anything that was going on in my life that was challenging, being homeless, you know, not having a job, getting my truck taken away from me because of my DUI, totaling another vehicle, um, all of this stuff that was kind of my way out. And so, Hmm. um, you know, it it was sort of like a cure-all for me. Okay. And did you have to take any medication to assist you off of it? Or did you cut it cold turkey? No, I did not. I cut it cold turkey. The process of it was such that, you know, I had several promptings to sort of, um, you know, initially I quit mainlining and then I quit mainlining for a few years. uh, And then I was smoking consistently and then that kind of tapered off as well. And interestingly, when when my daughter got taken away from me, right around that same time frame, when I was like, I'm fed up, I'm done, I quit my supplier who I worked with at the restaurant randomly got fired and then he lost his house. Hmm. And so he fell off the face of the earth, like right around the same time frame. And it wasn't to the point where, you know, I was using it several times a day to where there was a, a massive withdrawal period uh, physically. It was more of a mental uh, dependence. And I had to find another way to deal with my racing mind and with you know the energy that was inside of my, inside of my body. So, yeah. And how did you, release those emotions and feelings that you got flooded with? Well, I, I use what I now know to be uh, called habit replacement, which is um, basic psychology. And essentially, I started really at first, it was on an unhealthy obsession, to be quite honest, but I really got interested in my body and um, how I could manipulate my shape and my health and um, how I could eat specific food to make my body change and how I could Um, go to the gym and get sort of that euphoric feeling and release and just kind of crush myself at the gym. Mm. Instead of taking a substance to kind of numb it, I basically was turning off my brain by virtue of, you know, shuttling all of my um, blood to the periphery to my muscles and so forth, and really calming down my mind that way. And so it was a a quote unquote, healthy um, addiction kind of switch more or less yeah because you actually but then in a sense you just jumped from one addiction to another oh yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah wow so were you also you were studying medicine at the time correct at the time i was not um i believe at at that point i was a kinesiology major i thought i wanted to be a physical therapist and um but i was yes i was taking similar courses uh, I did go eventually pre-med and that was like my sophomore year. That would have been closer to like 2008, I believe okay. 2008. Now, was that challenging at all? Was there any temptation there? Because I, I do hear that heroin addicts that are trying to become sober will have a relapse. Yeah, you know, what was challenging was finding new ways to deal with stress and with tension and with pressure in my life. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, heroin comes from opium. And curiously, there are times in my life, even today, where I'll smell. Uh, for some reason, there's a formulation of something that has opium or some kind of uh, similar product, and I'll smell kind of that sweet smell that 
it reminds me of it and it'll, it'll be like, whoa, what's that? Yeah. And so, you know, there were times definitely that I had um, pretty massive hurdles and obstacles to, to handle my stress in different ways. And you know, that's where meditation and mindfulness and yoga and exercise and all of that stuff <clears throat> that's when that became really prominent in my life and, you know, just kind of grasping at whatever I could to give myself more footing to get through things. Yeah, definitely. And has your past negatively impacted your current profession as a PA? Yeah, you know, I hid it from everybody. I, so I only talked about it when I had to, and that was on applications. Um, mm-hmm. It negatively affected my career in very minor ways. And so during my clinical rotation year, we have to apply to be allowed into certain um, healthcare facilities, hospitals and clinics and so forth. Part of that is a background check. And some of the facilities that I applied to denied me access because of my background, but it had been, you know, several, several years, I think 10 years at that point um, that I, you know, that since anything had happened when I was actually in PA school. And so it was definitely in the past, but it still, you know, was difficult to get credentialed. I had to go get fingerprinted. And each year when I re-credential, there's more paperwork I have to fill out. And so it's been kind of an annoyance and something I was like terribly afraid to share with any of my colleagues or any of my classmates. And uh, so in that way, you know, just kind of hiding it, I would say was kind of the biggest negative downside of it. Yeah. And so currently you're coming out, especially right now on the air. Um, (laughs) What's making you come out now? So that process started in January of 2018. I was at a retreat in Maui um, that's called Tribe Design. And basically it's a retreat that facilitates just radical vulnerability. And the premise is that if we're able to be completely vulnerable and honest about the things we don't want anybody to know and tell everybody those things, and there's a freedom associated with that. And there's this catalyst for growth and development. And so I was given the opportunity in front of 40 relative strangers to talk about the things I didn't want anybody to know. And this is what just fell out of my mouth, this whole story. And it was like this physical release, emotional, spiritual, mental release. I was just like shaking and crying when I said this whole story, got into a lot of details that you and I don't have time to cover on the air. And, um, and that was the beginning of it. And afterward, people came up to me and they're like, oh my God, your story is unreal. Why are you not telling people this? Why are you not sharing this or helping people? Mm-hmm. And uh, and from that point, I was evaluating the possibility of doing that. And then it, it's honestly interesting. You're the third person now that I've been asked to share my story with. I was actually um, asked to share the story at the medical school that I went to. And so I did that about a month ago now, mm-hmm. about four weeks ago. And um, just briefly, um, kind of to the degree you and I are discussing and then I also did a, a talk for an application that's launching in, in summer called the Natural Living App and, uh, and now here. So there's really been a call sort of for me to be vocal about this now. And, you know, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not afraid of it. I, I, I see it as a way for me to connect with people and help heal people who really need it. So right. um, it's selfish, I would say, for me to keep it to myself. Well, and there's healing in it for you to release it yeah, too, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt again, but we're going to have to go to a break. But remember, this is a live show. And if you have a question for Joel about addiction, wellness, or nutrition, please feel free to call 1-88-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527 after this quick break. On this weekly skinny, I would like to talk about polymorphous light eruption. Polymorphous light eruption, or PMLE, is a UVA-induced sun allergy that typically occurs during spring or during a sunny vacation taken during the winter. The cause is sudden UV light exposure. This is not to be confused with a sunburn. Symptoms include red rash, itching or burning, and white or red pustules, which appear minutes or hours later on areas that receive sun exposure. Episodes of PMLE will most likely occur after the first one or two exposures to sunlight after a long period of no sun exposure. And after you have it just once, you are likely to get it annually. There have been, however, some people who have become gradually less sensitive to sunlight and eventually experienced no annual rash. While PMLE is not contagious to other people, it can actually spread to other areas of the body that was not exposed to the sunlight. PMLE is not exactly hereditary except in Native Americans, where 75% of all cases are genetic. Also, if you are a female, you are more likely to develop it. 
Recently, PMLE has been proven to have some tendency to develop into an autoimmune disease or thyroid disorder, especially in females. Although the rash will go away on its own and there's no scarring, it can potentially stick around for 10 to 14 days. The symptoms of PMLE can be unbearable. In lieu of applying a steroidal cream, you can instead try something that will help restore a compromised skin barrier, calm and soothe inflammation, and hydrate the skin. The Renewal Body Products by Epions are a great way to address PMLE, not to mention a broad-spectrum antioxidant sunscreen, which will help protect and calm the skin. You can shop for these products on my website at sakuraskinandmind.com, and they will ship to your house for free. Just simply click on the Products tab and scroll down to Epions and then hit the red button marked Shop Epions and punch in the code 201-10401 at checkout or email me at sakura at sakuraskinandmind.com. Microneedling is a revolutionary treatment that can help reduce the appearance of acne scars, fine lines, pigmentation, wrinkles, even improve the appearance of stretch marks by stimulating collagen and elastin. Sakura Skin and Mind specializes in this procedure that jumpstarts your body's natural healing process. Sakura Skin and Mind believes in not only keeping the skin up to date with the latest trends in the skincare industry, but also keeping the skin beautiful, fast, pretty, painless, and affordable. Find out more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Coming up March 25th on Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. Seattle author Elise Hooper joins us with a peek into the life of photographer Dorothea Lang, the woman who captured the real America. We'll also hear from international best-selling author Steve Barry, who always reveals little-known facts about history and thrillers. Tune in Monday at New Pacific Time, Fridays at 6 a.m. Catch up on more than 600 podcasts at conversationslive.net. Easy on the ears, good for the soul. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And feel free to email me at sakura at lovefromthehip.com with your comments, your criticisms, your questions, and well wishes. Let me know how I'm doing. Today, I have the pleasure of having physician assistant, transformational coach, and founder of Biome Veda, Joel Olmsted, on my show. And remember, Joel is offering free coaching around wellness and nutrition, so you can Call 1-88-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. So Joel, having a background in Western medicine, but also being savvy, it sounds like an Eastern medicine and thought, do you now understand addiction in more than just a physical sense, but also an emotional and spiritual sense as well? Yes. Yes. I would say that if anything, addiction is more the latter than the former. I mean, there's certainly a physical aspect to it. You know, the act of, um, so for example, for me, the act of like finding tinfoil and then unwrapping the heroin from the tinfoil and the wax paper and pulling off a piece of it and the smell of it and then rolling up the dollar bill to use as a tutor and to light it up. Like that process is almost like a ritual in and of itself. And for cigarette smokers, it's like buying the pack of cigarettes and packing the cigarettes and taking off the foil, you know, holding the cigarette and that kind of stuff. And there is an addictive quality to that physical sort of ritual as mm. well. But yeah, it certainly is, I would say, you know, much more mental and um, emotional than anything else. And, and the mental emotional aspects of who we are definitely has a, um, a huge contribution to the spiritual aspect of who we are. And so yeah. you know, the mental component, I would say probably is the largest piece to the whole thing. And, and we're triggered by our emotions, which are a collection of the, you know, the input that we receive from our eyes, ears, you know, our, our senses and our gates, but also our thoughts, our internal thoughts. And so with rumination about the past or worrying about the future or, you know, uh, perseverating on something we did or said or how something could have been different, these are all triggers. Mm -hmm. And so, and I, I think that we all have propensities toward addiction. I think that we live in a perpetual state of fear to some degree or another, and that's by design. Our amygdala is designed to keep us safe. And that's um, that's kind of the second brain. Uh, that's the part of our brain that employs the fight or flight pro uh, concept. And, you know, it, it's designed to keep us safe. And so when we're not being chased by a, a lion or, you know, in danger for our lives, we're going to fear other things to keep us safe. And it's usually things we really care about. Mm -hmm. And so telling ourselves stories about, 
our relationships with other people or our jobs or our finances or whatever, all of these things cause fear, which in turn makes us want to find some way out of that. And it could be, you know, video games, pornography, food, uh, substances, all of these things are addictions. They show up in different ways, but I do believe that it's a, it's a complex multifactorial system. It's not just a physical thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I, myself being a hypnotherapist, when I see people for addictions as well, um, especially to food, like you said, it's more the physical aspect too, the physical habit that they get hooked on, on, you know, more than just the food or the drug itself. Yeah. 100%. So do you believe that addiction is an illness? Yeah, that's a tough question. I, I do believe um, to a degree, and, and to be quite honest, I, this is not something, this question is not something that I have incredibly uh, studied mm -hmm. a lot or really put a lot of time and energy to. I know my personal experience and the experience of my clients, and it's such a comprehensive approach that's needed to solve this and to get this over with that it does follow the pathological process of an illness very closely now for me to put that label on it i don't believe that i truly have the um the knowledge to say yes or no to that i would say it's eerily similar in characteristics if not you know fully uh, an illness yes yeah okay okay and so so today you're coaching one-on-one -on -one, correct Yes. Are you also doing webinars and seminars, workshops? I do. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of stuff, I, I put out a lot of content on Facebook. And mm -hmm. so I do a lot of live videos and um, I share some of the best stuff that I have actually on Facebook. I think that it's really important to be fully transparent and to share with the world for free what, what I can offer and what my gifts are and um, add as much value as possible. I have um, group coaching calls where uh, I have people who want to be in like a familial type environment and there's a lot of support. Um, psychology says that, you know, to be in a group and to be supported by a group is very, very powerful. Alcoholics Anonymous uses that concept as well. And then I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Uh, there are kind of a variety of modalities, but um, webinars I've done in the past uh, on a pretty consistent basis, but primarily I put most of my energy toward my clients. Um, on kind of like Zoom calls or in person if they're local. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what do you see clients for? What are you coaching people for? Oh man, that's a lot. <laughs> so lots of primarily, you know, I have a passion for nutrition and exercise. I had a my my major was nutrition, minor was exercise and wellness, and I was pre med mm -hmm. in undergrad. And so that's always been a real um, area of interest for me: how the human body works and how to kind of tune it up and fix things that are out of whack and out of balance. And so. When I first started coaching, it was primarily based on weight loss and very quickly, everybody, myself included, realized that this is an inside out job and it's not, we don't attack the weight so much as we attack the reasons behind acquiring the weight in the first place. Mm -hmm. And that is a mental thing. And so um, I have four pillars to my program. I have mindset, movement, nutrition, and hormones. And very quickly, mindset was the uh, predominant area that we focused on and had the most yield in terms of real change, sustainable change. And then the weight subsequently would just come off. And mm. not by magic, there are other things we were doing, but without focusing on it as much as people expected, then that weight would come off. And so that's kind of morphed now into just general transformational coaching. And so people who, who are trying to overcome um, addictions or people who are battling with depression or in relationships they don't care for or you know any kind of number of things that people are, they have a gap in their lives and they're interested in really changing their thinking and their you know kind of process around it to really achieve a result that's desirable for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tell me more about Biome Veda. So BioMeta is the uh, the company that I started, and that is um, essentially the the name of my coaching program. And I have an Ayurvedic coach in there that works with me as well. I have a personal trainer that works for me with my local clients. I'm contracted with uh, Immuno Labs and SpectraCell. There is a med spa here locally in Scottsdale that I work at. Mm -hmm. And so some of my clients that really want to get granular about their health can come see me at the med spa. We can draw everything from telomere length to hormone panels to um, microbiome to micronutrient assimilation. I mean, really, if you can think of it, I can probably draw it 
and get a good objective look at what's going on inside the body. Mm-hmm. So Byron Veda is the company that's my, um, my business where I kind of funnel everything through and we support people. I mean, we can do meal plans and it's, it's very comprehensive. And so um, that's sort of the umbrella of, of what I do. Okay. And so being a PA though, why the draw to Ayurvedic medicine? Well, I'll try to be short about yeah. that. <laughs> in a I, nutshell. I was, um, in a nutshell, I was disenfranchised by Western allopathics uh, modality of treatment. And what that I will say in plain terms means I didn't agree with the way that medicine's working. And I worked in the emergency department because some people really need emergency care. And that's where uh, Western medicine shines, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, help people that really need it same day type thing. But most people that show up are um, there for, you know, uh, unfortunate lifestyle choices and changes over years. And so they have chronic disease. And we weren't doing anything for those people. We were essentially limping them along and they'd come right back and very reactive model. And so that to me was like, man, I got in this to help people and to change people's lives and to help people really optimize their experience while they're here on earth and like help their families and so forth. And so um, coaching and Eastern philosophy and medicinal models became much more prevalent in my, in my sphere at that point. And I was like, this is a better way for me to really serve people and heal people like I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And essentially not seeing them back again. Exactly. Yeah. The the whole (laughs) idea is my clients will never need me again. Like they become their own coaches and they can coach their family members and so forth. That's, that's my model. Mm -hmm. I want to create a healthy community. Okay. And so Ayurvedic Ayurvedic medicine, um, can you briefly explain that in a nutshell? Sure. So most ancient medical modality on earth, 3,700 years ago is one of the eight Vedic texts written in India been around since that time, used very frequently in India for just overall wellness, optimizing health, starting to gain some regularity and rapidly uh, rapidly progressing in the East, um, excuse me, in the West, in, in the US. It's kind of, um, it's one of the sisters to yoga. And so we are projected to have a lot more awareness around Ayurveda. And what it primarily is, is treating the body with uh, more natural supplements and with um, food and movement and kind of psychology type related stuff so that we can get the body into an optimal place so it can actually do its job and heal itself rather Mm -hmm. than taking all this stuff exogenously, pharmaceuticals, pills, and so forth. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I hate to interrupt again, but we're gonna have to take a quick break. So everyone stick around for more Love From The Hip. Experience, one word that can mean so much, especially when it comes to working with a realtor to buy or sell a home. The only thing better would be to have an experienced team guiding you through the process. Hi, I'm Beth Phillips-York. And I'm Ray York. Together, we own the York Team, part of Keller Williams Real Estate. We are here to help you with your next property transaction. I have over 14 years of experience selling local residential real estate, investment properties, and homes just like yours. I'm also known as the ghost broker. Over the years, I've managed several residual energies at the properties we've represented or sold to clients. So if you need that service, I can help you as well. For my part, I have worked many years in new construction, land development, and with builders. Combined, Beth and I make for a powerful team on your side. So put our wealth of experience to work for you. Selling a home? Get a free property evaluation and market analysis with the York Team Real Estate. Buying a home? Let the York Team Real Estate exclusively represent you and your interests. Log on to yorkteamrealestate.com. That's yorkteamrealestate.com. Taking care of your skin's largest organ can be difficult, but not for a Sterra skincare mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at AsteraCare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A care.com. If you're planning on building a home or a major landscaping project, you'll want the team of Stone Resources on your side. 
safely, effectively, and correctly working with our unique terrain requires local knowledge and environmental care. For 21 years, Stone Resources has been making sure their customers' biggest investment is on solid ground. Trust your next earth-moving project to Stone Resources. Call 425-754-6792. That's 425-754-6792. Stone Resources. We make the earth move. And remember, if you need dirt or have dirt to get rid of, you can call on us. 425-754-6792. Find our app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and take us with you wherever you go. Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Love from the Hip, and that's HYP. Today, I have the pleasure of having physician assistant, transformational coach, and founder of Biome Veda, Joel Olmsted, on my show. So, Joel, I want to ask if you can offer up a few tips on wellness for my listeners. Definitely. So there are two kind of main prongs that we use at Biome Beta to kind of help people get control of their health. And one is the brain, one is the body. And so we'll kind of start with a couple of basic tips to control kind of our brain and the way that our brain optimally can function. The first tip, and if there's one thing that listeners remember from this um, entire kind of spiel here on health, it would be sleep. Mm -hmm. And sleep is so critically important for us. That's when hormones are being regulated. That's when our brain is being cleared out with that plaque and garbage that's in there. Um, it, it's when we're, we're able to actually refresh and regenerate. We're able to initiate a specific cycle for our body to utilize fat, to burn fat. Um, it, it's just so important for us to have regular sleep. Anything less than six and a half hours is technically entitled sleep deprivation. Mm -hmm. And when we fall in that category, nasty, nasty things happen. Honestly, anything less than about seven hours of sleep, we have serious fallout with our hormones. So things like ghrelin, things that make us hungry, uh, things like leptin, that's our master metabolic hormone that regulates things like thyroid function, cortisol, and so forth. All of those are dramatically changed when we don't get enough rest. And not to mention cortisol, which is the inflammatory hormone um, sleeping is the life hack. And, you know, if there's, like I said, if there's one thing that I have my clients do, that's one of the first, as far as helping their brain function better. And then the other thing is more like, uh, related to psychology and that's mindset. And, you know, there's a, kind of a long stepwise process that we cover at Biome Beta. And it's essentially the process I went through to create my sustainable change in my life that I didn't really know was a thing back then, but I since have been able to kind of label it and give, you know, find actually affirmation in the literature, the scientific literature to support what I did. Um, and so just one of those things, I would say uh, one big bang for the buck would be habit replacement. And so replacing bad habits with good habits. Um, don't think we have enough time to talk about details of that, but something people certainly could just Google and look up. There's something called the habit loop and mm. uh, there's certain phases of a habit as it unfolds that we can replace and kind of dramatically change how our life looks. And so there's be a couple of things for, for the brain benefits and then for the body benefits. Um, nutrition is huge. Obviously, if people are trying to gain weight or lose weight or optimize their weight, nutrition is absolutely paramount. The one thing I would say is don't sweat the small stuff. Mm. So don't stress over, you know, if your mitochondria are functioning well enough, or if you're taking, um, you know, alpha linoleic acid, or if you're getting enough monounsaturated fat or fish oil or whatever, really focus on eating healthy whole foods and eat when the sun is up. Okay. Don't eat late at night. Keep your body in a regular system. And go back to what your grandmother said, three big meals, keep it simple. Don't snack all day uh, and just eat healthy whole foods. And then the other thing with that would be uh, water. So water consumption is critical. First thing in the morning, Roll out of bed, 12 to 16 ounces of water, jumpstart your metabolism, get your body functioning the way it should, help with digestion and so forth. And then about 10 to 15 minutes before each meal, you want you to have another about 12 ounces of water. That'll kind of help get digestion moving for the food that's coming in. And it'll help your stomach fill up a little bit quicker as well, help you feel a little more full. So, and that's just an ancient kind of hack to nutrition that still is very legitimate and works quite well according to the literature today. So some 
quick uh, tips there for the brain and body. Yeah. And just to reiterate, if someone is really trying to lose weight, address mental wellness. Absolutely. Yes. Figure out why the weight is on in the first place. Right. Uh, And that can happen in concert with dietary changes and movement and so forth. But certainly if the mind doesn't change, the body will go right back. Right. As a habit. Yep. Okay. So do you do, do you offer remote sessions for your work? Yes. Yeah. In fact, uh, most of my clients are remote. And so we we have uh, video calls, we Zoom call and connect once a week, sometimes more if needed. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have good support. Uh, all of our resources are available online. I have a whole members area on the website and so forth. So yeah, there's no need to be local unless you want to get blood work done or have you know a personal trainer and that requires you to be local. Okay. And so you, and you, these are week programs, correct? Correct. We have a 20 week uh-huh. and then we have a 12 week. And so it kind of depends on, and, and I'm flexible. I've actually done uh, weekend intensives where people come and stay with me in my home for two nights and three days oh, okay. just to kind of packed in in one weekend Um, I've done longer programs I actually have a gal on her seventh month right now she's just really happy with the progress she's been making and wants to keep staying with me and so there's no like hard and fast rule but those are kind of the general um, parameters is 12 and and 20 weeks okay all right and so how can my listeners uh, find out more about your sessions and contact you yeah, so I put a lot of stuff on Facebook, as I mentioned. So Joel Anthony Olmstead is a good place. Um, a lot of it's public, and so people can just search Joel Anthony Olmstead on Facebook and watch some of my videos there. And then uh, my website is biomveda.com, so B-I-O-M-V-E-D-A.com. And then if you want to chat with me directly, and we can talk about you know getting a personal plan in place with you, or I can give you some personal tips on the phone, um, you can just Google chatwithjoel.com. And that'll take you right to my scheduling page and um, you can schedule whenever works for you, whatever's convenient. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you very much for being here today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And being vulnerable like that. I really appreciate that. Yeah, of course. That's, yeah. Uh, it's well, so. and I do want to ask just for a quick minute where you hope to grow from here. Yeah. You know, I really, I just want to help as many people as possible. And and I've come to terms with the fact that my purpose in life is to serve others. And it's been such a joy to see people grow and change. And so, you know, I've almost all my business has been word of mouth and um, just to continue that wave to help people empower themselves to teach and, and heal others as well. That's just, that's like my dream come true. And so I'm not sure what shape it's going to take, but I just want to keep, uh, you know, starting this, um, kind of wellness uh, uh, empire, I guess. That's yeah. about lack of better words. Yeah. And do you hope to also speak out more about the ad- yes. past addiction? Definitely. Definitely. That's, uh, I'm open to that for sure. So. All right. Well, thanks again for being here. Enjoy your sunny weather. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's great talking. Yeah. And thank you, Eric, my rad producer, and you, the listener. You can find me at lovefromthehip.com or sakuraskinandmind.com. You can also follow me on Instagram or on Facebook and subscribe to my YouTube channel, as well as my podcast on Podcast One, Love from the Hip, and that's H-Y-P. And if you really love the show and are interested in advertising your business on it, or if you have any questions or comments, then feel free to email me at sakura at lovefromthehip.com. Tune in next Wednesday at 2 p.m. for another Love from the Hip and make self-love contagious. Go ahead, I dare ya.